0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for the strength of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also keeps us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation, We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can every day, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. And you can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody start to grow in their faith. You may help somebody come closer to God. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're coming toward the end of our line of thought and study talking about some things you might not know about God. Well, we have uh, talked about how it's important that we need to know God because we certainly want God to know us. God is our creator. He created us in his image according to his likeness, and that is from the perspective of his blessing us with a soul. And that's unique from everything else that he created. So we have a spiritual essence or a spiritual being within our physical being. And the spiritual being, our soul, that's eternal. So we need to make sure that we live our lives in this world in in faithfulness to God, in obedience to him, in dedication to him, because he wants us to be with him forever, all of eternity in heaven. Well, we need to know God. We know only what he has revealed to us, and we've talked about how we would like to know more details, but God has given us what we need to know, the essentials. And Daniel said, The people who know, God, who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Daniel 11 and verse 32. Well, some things that we might not know about God, but that the scriptures really do tell us as to his character. Maybe we just haven't paid enough attention. Some details that we might find interesting and even encouraging. Well, first we said, Does God ever hurt? And yes. Certainly. The answer is undeniably God. God hurts sometimes. For the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Jeremiah 8 and verse 21. In Noah's day, when God looked upon humanity and saw that they were across the board, wicked and evil only, the text tells us in, in Genesis chapter six and verse six that he was grieved in his heart. Well, remember that Jesus wept over the death of Lazarus, John 11, verse 35. He wept over his enemies who rejected him, Luke 19 and verse 41. And in Hebrews chapter five and verses seven and eight, he he wept over his work as the Savior. And remember that he came to be the Savior of all mankind and specifically came to the Jewish people who should have been looking for him, but they rejected him. And so he lamented over them in the closing verses of Matthew chapter 23. Well, does God ever get tired? No. You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, in what way have we wearied him? In that you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or, where is the God of justice? Malachi 2 and verse 17. We weary the Lord when we keep expecting him to be be pleased with us, All the while, we're living in unfaithfulness, that is, through disobedience to his teachings. Well, does God ever get angry? Oh, many scriptures talk about the anger of God, the righteous anger over our sinfulness. Does God ever laugh? You might stop and think, what? I've never thought about God laughing. Well, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision, Psalm 2 and verse 4. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming, Psalm 37, verses 12 and 13. We look at Psalm 59 and verse 8. You, O Lord, shall laugh at them. You shall have all the nations in derision. Again, Psalm 59 and verse 8. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, comes, Proverbs 1, verses 25 and 26. Now, we're not talking about necessarily... As we think of a person laughing, having a guffaw of laughter, you know, just bursting out in laughter, we're talking probably more of a reaction at the at the ridiculousness or the 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 self uh, kind of of of, uh, uh, arrogance, if you would over a person thinking he can live in sin, in unrighteousness before God, and still call upon God for his blessings, still expect God to bless him and take care of him and and give him an eternal home in heaven. Now, that's a self-contradiction in the way the person is living. And so the Scriptures say, "Yeah, yeah, God laughs. But at the same time, we need to understand that it's a sad day when God laughs as described in these texts of scripture. Now, and I'm not sure again that we should understand that it's it's an outright verbal laughing on the part of God, but rather it's it's a mindset. What? You want me to bless you? You want me to give you eternal life? You want me to hold you as righteous when you're living unrighteously? Huh really? And so it's that kind of mindset, I think, is what we're to understand, most likely. But at the same time, it's a sad day when God laughs, but God is not a tyrant who enjoys punishing people. He rejoices over obedience. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22, we read as follows. 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. There are people who they'll go through some religious motions, and they'll think that that ought to be pleasing to God, and that ought to make things right between themselves and God, even though they're living most of the rest of their, their, their time every day in disobedience to God. And really, in, in living in disobedience, they're disrespecting him. But again, they'll go through some religious motions and think, well, see, that, that makes everything okay. No, God delights. God delights in our obedience. That makes him happy, makes him happy he rejoices over obedience. And this is seen in Christ's rejoicing while on earth and in his teachings. In the parable of the lost sheep, for example, when the shepherd found his wayward lamb, and of course, this is supposed to be an image that depicts how Our Savior is always looking for those who have strayed away from him, or God is looking for those who have strayed away from him into unfaithfulness. And so what happens when the shepherd finds that lamb that was lost? Well, he carries it home on his shoulders, rejoicing and calling together his friends and saying, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. Luke 15, verses 5 and 6. God rejoices over the obedient, over repentance, over our true, sincere, and consistent dedication to him. Think about what Peter, the apostle, wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, exhibiting great patience, in other words, giving us time not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Again, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. And and what about what the prophet Ezekiel wrote in Ezekiel 33 and verse 11? Well, what did did Ezekiel write? And this, of course, God's word, Ezekiel simply writing it down, but it's God speaking. In chapter 33 and verse verse, uh, 11, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn away from his way and live. And that's repentance. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Or that last designation of identity could be anybody who is living in disobedience before God. And in living in disobedience before God, we have turned away from him. Now, see the contrast. God rejoices. He has pleasure in the righteous being obedient to him. He has no pleasure, no joy in a person who is lost eternally because of his sinfulness, his sinful lifestyle. So once again, when we read those passages of Scripture talking about, well, God laughs at the disobedient, the person who thinks that he can be right with God, that somehow he can maybe make himself look good while he's living an evil lifestyle, a sinful lifestyle. Well, from our perspective, you know, in and in our, our mind's eye, well, yeah, that, that can cause us to laugh. It, but but let not laugh in in derision necessarily, but laugh. The idea of laughing in at, at the self-contradiction. Look at how you're living, and so you do a particular thing here or there, and you think that's going to make everything all right. But then you go right back to your sinful lifestyle. You really think that's going to make God, your, that's going to make him feel good about you? No, he wants consistent, dedicated obedience. So we need to be careful We need to be careful that we do not live in such a way that it contradicts the clear teachings of Scripture that God has laid out for us to come to understand that he wants to rejoice in our faithfulness and our obedience to him, and obedience goes with true faithfulness. He does not take any pleasure in our being lost spiritually because of our disobedience. We're going to finish up our our line of thought and study next time. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to come to reality. Help us to come to our senses and realize that you love us and want to rejoice in our life being lived in dedication to you and to your glory. And help us to not let the devil deceive us into thinking that we can do a little thing here or there, and somehow that, that absolves us from all of the guilt of our ongoing sinful lifestyle. Please guide us in this, Father, and please help people to see everywhere. Please, Father, at this time we pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.